surfs up at Gotham Point. That's right, Joker. And challenging you to the surfing title. Through my latest invention, the surfing experience and ability transferometer, all your surfing know-how will be drained out of you and transferred to me. Some joker drained everything I know about surfing and all my ability with a gizmo called a surfing experience and ability transferometer. Watch here suppose this up, Barcy. The surf, Duke. Welcome to Surf Kings of Gotham, the podcast where two people who plain aren't smart enough analyze one of the most brilliant sitcoms of all time, 1966's Batman. I'm your host, Kyle. And with you, as always, is me, Brady. Fantastic. Today we're watching Episode 7, Instant Freeze, originally aired February 2nd, 1966. This one directed by Robert Butler and written by Max Hodge. So in this two-part episode, which is Instant Freeze and Rats Like Cheese, I'm curious to see where that goes. don't know how you get rats involved in that mix. But the one-sentence Wikipedia description says, Dr. Shivel, and you'll find out why he has that name, a.k.a. Mr. Freeze, has returned and is seeking revenge on Batman, who accidentally spilled a freeze solution on him, forcing him to live in a climate 50 degrees below zero. He commits crimes involving diamonds or, quote, ice in different forms. And he gets played by three different actors over the course of the series, too, because the guy who's the guy who this time is George Sanders. He's the special guest villain. And I recently learned I can just like put my mouse over someone's name and it gives me a brief description of them. So George Sanders, who's this episode's special guest villain, Dr. Shivel, a.k.a. Mr. Freeze, was a British actor and singer whose career spanned almost 40 years. His heavy upper class English accent and smooth bass voice often led him to be cast as sophisticated but villainous characters. He's remembered for his role as Jack Favel in Rebecca, 1940, which I've never seen. Uh, he's not German, correct? No, no. Okay. I, I could kind of tell by his accent. Yeah. <laughs> he's not not actually a German fella. His almost, I pulled up. Like, I don't know if you can be racist against Germans, but it's almost racist against Germans. It's pushing the limits for sure. Uh, I pulled up Max Hodge while you were uh, while you were talking. He was Traveling kind of on. a prolific uh, television writer. Uh, worked on such shows including The Girl from Uncle, my all-time favorite Chips, uh, Mission Impossible. He's perhaps best known for creating Mister Freeze for Batman. It says so. I don't know. Did might have to look into that a little more if he uh, actually really? created the character. I did not know that. I assumed he was another comic book villain. That's interesting. I know that we're getting, as we get through the main, like the main Batman, or Batman's a good guy, but as we get through the main bad guys like Joker, Penguin, Riddler, Catwoman, and there's also like three different Catwomen, but once you get past the well-known ones, instead of trying to make anything of the other comic book villains, a lot of times they just make up completely, completely out of nowhere things like Vincent Price's Egghead. <laughs> yeah, that's a good one. Uh, 
just to finish this up here, he also uh, he wrote into the early 80s, uh, writing for Dr. Kildare, The Wild Wild West, Marcus Welby, MD, Ironside, uh, The Waltons, and The Amazing Chan and the Chan Clan. I've never heard of that, but okay. So that's Max Hodge, and he does. A, I think he does a pretty good job here. What do you think? Yeah, I thought it was pretty good. I mean, it, not a lot happens in this episode, but what does happen is pretty... Uh it's not tedious like it's not it's not like most 60s tv where nothing happens where you're like how do they get this to 25 minutes it's pretty slam bang on this episode well we might as well get going then so i missed uh the title on this one the first couple times i watched it i didn't see it was called instant freeze so my first note is ooh, ice skating could we be in for some mr freeze action uh it turns out we are uh, which i would have known had i seen the title but i must have been yawning or something well this is batman so neither one of those clues really means anything it could have easily been the mad hatter that's true um but we do open up on ice skating uh then it cuts to outside where we see an ice cream truck and we hear screaming uh yeah. it's unclear kind of at the beginning if the screaming is coming from inside the ice cream truck or inside the ice skating rink well, but uh i like to think it's coming from the ice cream truck and we're dealing with some kind of pervert so again uh, perhaps vincent price's egghead as you hear the screaming, Mr. Freeze walks out with a rifle in his hand. So you're like, did he just assassinate someone at the ice rink? Then you think, then you realize, no, no, this is Batman. He can't commit any sort of actual crime. Batman has to go after him and beat him senseless for just kind of doing things. But yeah, so it's revealed like that he melted the ice rink with a flamethrower. We get that here in a little, in a few seconds. But I mean, that's got to be the closest thing to a crime we've seen so far in the in the opening of an episode I, yeah that would it? be I mean, vandalism that I mean, vandalism is a real crime i don't think you're allowed to i, I feel like flamethrowers are probably illegal and you're endangering someone somewhere along the way there that's that's got to be the crime yeah i mean maybe public endangerment and vandalism which are two legitimate crimes i mean previously we've seen you know the villain was villain's plot was he started a legitimate business so i mean we're making some progress towards real villainy. That's true. And I like how they, when Mr. Freeze walks out of the ice rink to his getaway truck, the name of the of the fake ice cream company that he created and incorporated to cover up his misdeeds is Amalgamated Ice Cream Co., which is like <laughs> the most corporate and uninspiring name for ice cream ever. Well, you want to keep kids away from your truck, I guess. I, can just I like that it's... Optimites being like, mmm... The sweet taste of amalgamated. Mm, amalgamation. I uh, I like that his costume includes two fire extinguishers on his back that they've taken no care no in trying to, to make them yeah. not look like fire extinguishers. They still have like the handle, like the handle you squeeze to really, it's not like they look like scuba tanks or anything. They, they're obviously just fire extinguishers. Yeah, it's very Ed Wood. Like it's very... Look, we we had 20 bucks in 10 minutes. Be, be happy we did anything. I don't know. I didn't see anything about it. And there's no notes for this episode on Wikipedia. But based on her voice, and she kind of looks like her, I wasn't sure that the girl who runs out and demands the police come, and they amazingly come, by the way, but she looks like kind of looks and sounds like Penny Marshall. Is that Penny Marshall? I don't know. I'd have to look. Well, good luck looking at Wikipedia because they don't mention it at all. Well, then I guess it's a mystery. Do I'll ask on the on the Facebook group. 
There you I'll go. See if anybody knows. It'll be too late for this episode, but maybe we can call it back next episode. The legions of the night will know. Night spelled in K-N-I-G-H-T. Um, so the police officer does. A motorcycle cop pulls up. The, the couple that were screaming there say, hey, that guy melted the ice rink with a flamethrower and drove off in an ice cream truck. So the motorcycle cop actually, instead of just like hanging his head in shame and having someone call Batman, uh, takes up chase so there we got a high speed chase yeah there's the actually a high speed chase Gotham and it's, City. it's cut pretty well yeah i even say so uh inept police to the rescue and then ooh a stunt because yeah during the during the chase so mr freeze hangs out the back of the or opens up the back door sprays his fire extinguisher on the on the pavement uh to no effect until the next shot and the uh we get a beautiful shot of the motorcycle cop laying down the bike he's he can't handle the the loss of traction and he's uh he's taking a spill my favorite part of that whole chase scene was that the the positive acting teens just ran out and said policeman policeman someone melted the ice ring and he nods and just takes off like they've already <laughs> escaped but he manages to figure out it must be this ice cream truck i'll run them down either way i've met my quota yeah, I I do. I'm proud of myself for noticing. So when the when he takes the spill there, when when we get the big stunt, uh, you get to see the padding like stuffed in in his pants. He's got a square ass. Uh, yes, he does. Full of padding, and I thought that I was like, hey, I noticed something. Yeah, first time. I thought for at everything. first he has some sort of weird bone condition, but no, that's padding. Yeah, he has boneitis. Well, now that we've seen the heinous crime, it's time to cut to. Uh, well, you first, I guess they make the call. Immediately giving up? Yeah. That's right. Yeah. I almost forgot about that part. My my notes skipped over that part because it just happens every episode. So why even it's write it down? It's a waste of ink. Someone so they immediately give up. Sketcher. No, no, we'll call Batman. Because, well, first they try to piece it together. Like, who would melt an ice rink? And I can't even remember what the other thing. Dry, freeze the ground to escape the police and commissioner uh, says it's july which is important for the next scene go ahead so that's it they go straight to the bat phone of course alfred picks up and i i've it's been bugging me the last few episodes when he puts down the phone to go i'll i'll get him sir he just puts down the phone there's no hold button or anything so like is he just listening to the background noise like what's going on and what if something's happening in the background and they can easily identify where they're at He's listening. Well, they can't do that. They're not capable of that. But they get to hear Aunt Harriet and Ro and Dick Grayson scream at each other. That's true. Uh, so, I what like are Dick and Bruce? What are Dick and Bruce that, up to? Say, I like how they established it's July, and when they cut to Wayne Manor and Alfred goes to answer the phone, he's stoking a raging fire in the fireplace. <laughs> uh, so, what are Dick and Bruce up to when they go to take the call? Uh, I wrote down the sports scene that inspired the Top Gun volleyball scene, no doubt. Uh, it was... <laughs> so they've got three members of the uh, the Gotham City Eagles, the baseball team, uh, practicing baseball using uh, an imaginary ball and bat and a, uh, and a pillow as a catcher's mitt. And Dick Grayson is just delighted by the entire thing. Yeah, he is super excited. He is just like over the top excited about these baseball players in his house. 
Like it's not mentioned, but they clearly came came to beg Bruce for money. And then they were like, oh, fine. We'll put on a baseball pantomime for your weird adopted adult <laughs> son. <laughs> yeah. And he's very, very excited. It's like a make-a-wish kid. Yeah, he really is. And you can tell he's making the pitcher guy uncomfortable because he won't like <laughs> he has the picture, the pitcher like cornered, and he's like, Boy, you really knocked it out of there, huh? And he's punching like, the at him and the guy. Hey, hey, like, <laughs> okay. He threw a punch at him. Yeah, I noticed that too. He was very, he was very Robin and it's just like excitement. And the guy's like, oh, okay, look, I just came to beg for some cash. <laughs> and they had lunch and Harriet made lunch. Yeah, Bruce says, we want to thank you for coming over. It's not only been entertaining, but it's been very educational. No, it has not. <laughs> Some guys pretended to play baseball. <laughs> Unless you just don't know what education is. That's not educational in any way. I'm surprised they didn't try to turn that education into the key to world peace like he normally does when Dick's trying to learn something. Yes. Uh, so then Alfred comes out and whispers to Bruce that he's got to take the bat phone. So then the uh, the excuse this time is, oh, thank you for telling me, Alfred. Uh, excuse me, gentlemen. I've got a very impatient lady waiting for a date. Yeah, which is the first time that his excuse hasn't involved taking Dick Grayson off somewhere secluded in the woods. But then he adds, oh, yes, uh, she's waiting with her much younger sister, too. So Dick has to come with me. He just like. I thought I would chilling. involve my young ward in my foursome. <laughs> Someone's got to hold the camera. I like too when, when Alfred comes in to tell Bruce about the, the call on the bat phone. I think it's just the way the camera catches his glasses and his eyes behind them, but it looks like he's looking at this pantomime baseball like, I don't know what's happening here. I don't want to know what's happening here. I'm about to have my smoke break. Just come get the bat phone. Like, he looks at them like, ugh. Well, and during the baseball uh, exhibition there, uh, Aunt Harriet's worried they're going to break something. Yeah. <laughs> Be careful. <laughs> don't No playing ball in the house with your fake imaginary ball. Don't break any real things with your imaginary your imaginary implements of destruction. <laughs> so again, to the bat poles, uh, we do get a, an atomic batteries to power turbines to speed, so they must have had some time to kill. Yeah. And, uh, and we're off to the opening. We are off to the opening. I'm all, I always love in the opening when it says, when it cuts to the Batman logo and Robin just disappears because he's not important. That's true, though. Yeah. It really uh, is. And he doesn't he doesn't necessarily strike uh, strike fear into the hearts of criminals everywhere with his with his shadow the way Batman does. They have to meet him first before they realize he's crazy. And that reminds me of an episode of where somebody was asking Commissioner Gordon at a party how Batman came up with the idea for his outlandish costume. And Commissioner Gordon's like, well, Batman, Batman decided that the best way to strike fear into the hearts of criminals was with the fearsome visage of a bat. And then nobody was like, now explain Robin. And he was like, Batman's into young boys. <laughs> uh, yeah. So Batman and Robin arrive at Commissioner Gordon's office. We get the uh, holy exposition, Batman. They explain uh, that Batman actually created Mr. Freeze during a fight in his laboratory by spilling some instant freeze juice on him. And now his body temperature has to remain at minus 50 degrees or... Uh, He'll die or something. I don't know. And it says, no wonder his mind is warped because he has to stay inside of this little igloo that he's made. Yeah, um, I'm pretty sure that 
maybe in the 60s people were like i really want to go outside and interact with humanity but now you'd be like Ugh, going outside sounds like it worked me more yeah, that lucky bastard they uh i like that this is so I, I feel like with all the exposition that goes on here and they talk about how the character was created this is the first time they never talk about the backstory of anybody else other than ah, this guy's you know this guy he's fooled us a thousand times they still talk like they've fought this guy before but they give a lot more detail like i wouldn't blame him if he did hate me i i caused i want to fix him because i created him yeah see i didn't know that about how max hodge supposedly created mr freeze so when i was watching this i was like man you guys just don't have a lot of story for this episode huh because they sit down to exposition to exposition dump all this out like you're like we're gonna be here for a while might as well be comfortable we're gonna talk about mr freeze in great detail and batman and... feels guilty about spilling the freeze solution on him and then <laughs> commissioner gordon says noble sentiment batman wasted on a fiend <laughs> Uh, that's true he's so in, then he's we cut <laughs> so we cut to then mr freeze's hideout where he's that's this is the most fantastic special effect i think we've seen in batman so far the uh it even beats i think the the sideways camera climbing because he's got a just red dot machine that he controls the temperature in his in his lair with so if you're in the white it's minus 50 degrees uh if you're in the red it's a balmy 76 degrees and he controls it with his little like click dial radio machine here so he can just like turn this red spot on wherever he needs to 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 keep his his henchmen warm and keep himself cold and that's where he has his henchmen eat and they're all dressed up like they have like a little little matching toboggans on and sweaters <laughs> So you know they're hot as hell inside of that little red warm spot, but and one of the one of them's named Nippy. <laughs> one of them is named Nippy, and then there's yeah. Chill and Mo. Uh, yes, I think he has so far my favorite goon names. Nippy is up there. I made an extra special note of that one. He also talks. So he's asking. He's like, "Have you hired the airplane? Go zoom, zoom, zoom." And he does it a couple times where he just like repeats one word three times. And he, I don't know if it's like initially when they created the character, he had like a verbal tick or that's just showing he's crazy. I don't know. He doesn't do it all the time, but it just pops in and out every once in a while. I like to imagine that when that came up with the director, he was like, so Max, why did you have Mr. Freeze say these words several times in a row? Is it because he's crazy or what's the deal with that? And then Max Hodge was like, he's German, and Germans are stupid. <laughs> they killed my dad. So then we go back to the bad cave. So I guess they, he basically just says his plan is to, to kill Batman. He wants revenge. Yeah. This is, so he's like the darkest villain we've had so far, because he's yeah. definitely like, he, he wants to kill Batman, but how, he also wants money. How that connects to the ice rink is not clear, but he just wants to kill Batman. And Batman's preparing to face him by standing inside of a cold closet. Yeah. But he's taken an, a bat anti-freeze capsule. So that he's trying. He's work very well. Yeah, because he's like it, really freezing his ass off. It, it keeps his nipples from getting hard, though. So, I mean, that, it does something at least. And then Alfred, the master of throwing shade, walks up and says, Ice tea, sir. <laughs> 
<laughs> hot tea might be more appropriate, Alfred, you cretin. Uh, but then Alfred's like, yeah, I anticipated that because you're in an ice cube machine. Here's a hot tea. Why would you waste our iced tea? You've got the money, Bruce. <laughs> so then, yeah, he just, he totally made iced tea and put ice in it and brought it down just to like make just a joke. Screw with Batman, yes. So then they, they explain, okay, we've, we've got this anti-freeze uh, bat pill, but it only works to like zero degrees. We need to go to minus 50. So it's obviously not good enough. Uh, no one suggests maybe a bat jacket. Uh, bat snow pants, you know, warmer gloves. Everywhere, yeah. yeah. I feel like the toy line would have created Winter Batman somewhere along the way and had him be like warm and probably had some kind of white camouflage or something. I actually had a Batman toy that was totally white with like black gloves and black mask and boots. And he was like polar attack Batman or something like that. Um, <laughs> and it, it looked like Batman we didn't bother to paint. So then well, we go back to Commissioner Gordon's office uh, and there's sightings of Batman all over the city, like five different Batman uh, being spotted all over the city. So that it's getting called in. The police are like, what? why is Batman here? Is something bad happening? Should I hide? Yes, exactly. They're clearly afraid. <laughs> like if Batman's here, that might mean there's trouble. Where should I? Yeah, I got to get out of here. I'm taking a sick day. Just give me my pension so I can go. <laughs> So Commissioner Gordon and uh, Chief O'Hare determine this is exactly the kind of strange goings-on that Batman would want to know about. So they pick up the phone, give him a call, uh, and Batman and Robin head to the giant lighted Lucite map of Gotham, clearly labeled one of my new favorite things in the Batcave. Yeah, the Lucite map is nice. I don't exactly know why they need that if they live in the city, but because it doesn't really do much outside of just show, like... A basic map of the city but i love that it's lighted up and has a giant sign and the sign again it's it's not just map of gotham it's the giant lighted lucite map of gotham so they don't get it confused with the other uh giant lighted lucite giant maps. map of gotham on the opposite wall yes um but they plot the course uh of all these batman and they determine that the diamond exchange is the target and of course because in the vernacular of the common criminal diamonds are known as ice bum, bum, bum. yeah so mr freeze goes from his stated goal being just to kill batman to he wants to steal some diamonds too like he doesn't have a very well thought out plan like joker had a plan to the point of it was just precious of he's gonna build his own his own like utility belt and that'll solve all his problems in life mr freeze is like I'm going to kill Batman, 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 and also steal some diamonds. Yeah, but he did have a decent plot. Like, I don't know why he used all the all the Batman to lead. Like, I know he wants a confrontation with Batman because he wants to kill him, but I don't know why hiring a bunch of scrubby-looking Batman <laughs> imitators uh, is going to be the right way to you know, get the that, point yeah, across you know, that I you're agree. going to the yeah meet us at the diamond exchange would have been just a, he could have called it in but he, instead he needs five batman and i love how he just assumes batman won't, who's not just exhausted by the police department won't just be like oh it's fine there's more batman my life's got easier <laughs> that's right 
so we cut to the diamond exchange and this is what I thought there's like customers in there and they're they're robbing the customers yeah like forget about the safe and the vault and the whatever this is like a diamond warehouse but no let's I'm gonna I'm gonna take this lady's necklace yeah and then the oldest security guard in the world presses the super visible alarm button on the wall and then gets frozen to death yeah and to death because they hear like they cut away from him but then like he falls on the ground and you hear a shattering noise and they never speak of him again he heard a shattering noise yeah i was like oh snap i wonder if that's i wonder see again if there was wikipedia for this episode i wonder if it would list him as a like a a slightly off-screen death it's like easily the darkest episode of batman today (laughs) yeah but he's got a neat gun yes in a in a fancy space age helmet that totally doesn't look like the like the exhaust you would attach to your dryer. <laughs> He'd be an excellent fireman. That's what I wrote down because he's he can freeze things, but he can also shatter them. And he has so fire like, extinguishers already with him. Exactly. I love that he hired fake Mister Freezes too. Yeah, I'm not really sure what the. I guess yeah. Who knows? Which means Mister Freeze we, now has the greatest number of goons so far. He has like twenty goons. Well, and that's why how we know he needs the diamonds. He he needs the money to pay these cats. Yeah, he prom- he made a lot of promises. <laughs> I hope all the imposter Batman don't have like Joker style utility belts because if they've if they've got any even a speck of curling ribbon in there, Batman and Robin are doomed for sure. Right. And I love how Mister Freeze keeps they keep the Mister Freeze the real one and also the fake ones keep spraying their guns around. So in the middle of the fight, everybody just keeps randomly falling down. Except Robin, who's just a mean little bastard and he just is... stands there cold-cocking people. Oh yeah, he's mean for sure. But I would, so he can he can use his freeze gun to open safes. He can freeze the later on we, we see it at the end of the scene. He can freeze the the turbines on the Batmobile. That's how Batman says turbines. Uh but it just puffs helplessly during the fight. It's useless during the fight. No one gets frozen. Nothing bad happens, but... The floor gets he slippery. Can... Yeah. Well, and they I guess they killed the guard, too. Maybe he's only allowed to kill one person with freezing at a time. I don't understand why he gave the, the, the goons, who were just like schlubs, their own freeze guns, <laughs> and then made it that much harder to fight Batman and Robin. This would all work out well. So... Freeze escapes with the diamond, the big diamond, whatever it was. I don't remember what it was, the heart of something or the jewel of something. I don't remember. I didn't write it down. It was the Gia Giacio Circolo or yeah. Circle of Ice in what might be Italian. Right. And of course, because it, it's zero, uh, circle is a sign for zero, and he's sub-zero temperatures where he has to live. So that's probably why he wants that, that yeah. diamond. Yeah, that he's got to pay like... 80 guys he hired to play Batman. So they cut uh, back to so the they, game. Yeah. Uh, where they're using the interdigital bat sorter anti-crime computer. Which is the crappiest looking computer I think I've ever seen. It's right up there. And then it, sp- it just like spits out cards to tell you the answer. And then the answer is wrong. <laughs> That's the best yes. part about it. The answer was wrong. <laughs> <laughs> they put everything they put everything in there that they need to know and then it's like jewelry stores and robin's like why didn't i think of that uh 
well because it's stupid and it's wrong and i guess uh, yeah you're right you should have thought of that actually <laughs> that probably would have been right up your alley to think of that stupid and wrong answer <laughs> <laughs> that whole bit i think was my favorite part of this episode uh, and then they go through i wish i would have taken better notes for this part because i wrote down beautiful crime fighting logic gentlemen and it's how they come from nah jewelry store is wrong uh, there's a princess in town from somewhere else. She's got a famous diamond. And they're just free associating words they've heard. But they were right. Yeah, they're right. So, they're more right than, than the computer was. And Batman's like, let this be a lesson, Robin. Never trust in the technology of the future. Instead, just say things until you feel confident you figured it out. Is, is it blindfold? <laughs> blindfold? <laughs> <laughs> They should have just had Alfred in the Batcave with them, and he could have watched them struggle and watched their crappy computer fail too, and then he could have been like, for God's sake, and just told them the answer. <laughs> it's getting clearer and clearer as we go through that Alfred is the only competent person in the entire, uh, well, 14-mile radius of Gotham at the very least. Right. So then they cut to the Geocio Curse Circle of Ice. And you find out that um, it belongs to, what was her name? I had it written down. Uh, princess Sandra of Molino. And they feel the need to point out she's the only princess from Brooklyn. So they can make her yeah. into a spectacle. <laughs> uh, that's fantastic. But it's funny that she's from, well, I guess we'll get into it. Is that even in this episode? No, it's in the next episode. Uh, she's from Brooklyn, but like she's just amazed, like, the idea of baseball you know like that's a like ooh, my first baseball game this is so exciting she's from the really sheltered part of brooklyn i guess um so they're in her her suite her hotel room and they wheel in a giant crate and a it's a giant uh, crate like the size of robin they wheel in this giant crate uh it's meat from is it from her home country? I don't really know. Yeah, her home country is America, but yeah, it's from Molino. Right. And she's like, ooh, I wonder what cut of meat. Uh, then the crate opens up, revealing Mr. Freeze, and he's like, cold cuts. <laughs> I was like, oh, that's so good. Uh, cold cuts. It's funny because that relates to his theme. Oh, I didn't even notice that. I just expected him to be like uh, a sandwich artist from Subway. Right. Although it would be great, and I mean, I'm kind of surprised they didn't do it, but this also seems a bit more like something you would do post-Simpsons. If he came out and tried to make a pun, and it was the same joke, he just worded it wrong and it didn't work. <laughs> and instead of saying cold cuts, he was like, club sandwiches! Wait, no. Let's, let's, let's do it. Let's go. Keep moving. So there was an alarm. So is this the, maybe this is the guard that shatters, not the one in the yeah, this card shatters. I think this okay. is the one that shattered, not the other one. Uh, but whatever. I'm not fixing it now. It's too late. They never um, unfroze the old man at the diamond store, though, so it's entirely possible he's dead, too. Probably. I wish he would have shattered, too. Shatter everyone. This guard shatters, but he gets a chance to pull the alarm. Uh, so Commissioner Gordon gets the, uh, gets the alarm, calls Batman, who's driving around, because they're all... This is what I don't understand. So... They call him in the car, like, he's exactly where you thought. You were right to have them install that special alarm. 
I said, excellent. Let's go there right now. Bat turn. And they fire the parachutes. They do the 180 turn, just like stopped in the middle of the road. Car right. turns a complete 180. All uh, of them slowed it down. And I like to think they slowed it down because people complained and were like, can we not have a person who's clearly a drunkard driving a car on a show that children watch? Because it seems it still seems highly unsafe, but it's slowed down significantly this time, as opposed to Batman just barely controls the Batmobile in a wide circle arc like it was before. Right. But what I don't understand is why they have to do the bat turn. Like, where where were you going that you have to go <laughs> 180 degrees in the wrong direction? He, he showed up exactly where you were expecting him to show up. Why weren't you just on your way to that place? I don't he's know where he's like... far away because when he gets to the place where the amalgamated ice cream truck is parked outside, it's nighttime. And it was daytime when he did the, <laughs> he did the 360 turn. Uh, awful. And Gotham can't be that big. It doesn't take an, it doesn't take like from day to night to get from one side of New York to the other. And Gotham's basically New York. I mean, unless it was like late in the evening, but it seems like instead, no, no, he was driving out of state for some for some nefarious reason. Dick, Dick Grayson camping. And then he was like, oh <laughs> crap, they're back at the place we want we expected them to be at. 360 turn. Yeah. So they go and confront uh, Mr. Freeze and his goons. Mr. Freeze uses the uh, laser flamethrower attachment for his freeze fire extinguisher gun to uh, start the curtains on fire. Yeah, this is uh, a magical then, gun that does all kinds of heat. Yeah, and then they run away with the with the diamond. Uh, Robin wants to go chase after them, but Batman's like, no, the safety of the hotel and its guests comes first. Uh, and instead of using any of his crazy bat gadgets, uh, no fire extinguisher attachment apparently in the utility belt he uses a blanket so he puts out the fire yeah he's got poison corks in his, in his utility belt but no actual fire extinguishing tools that's right and they throw that giant crate the meat came in or was supposed to have come in at batman and robin and when it hits <laughs> the floor it hits with like with visible weight like adam west and burke ford were in danger when that thing came at them <laughs> And I thought they threw it pretty lightly. Like I was, I was like, that's the lightest crate I've ever seen. But then you're right. It, it does hit the ground. Lightly, but it hit force. the ground hard. It hit the ground and vibrated. Well, no one was injured. Uh, so they jump back out the window to chase after Mr. Freeze. Uh, and they just get like zapped with the freeze gun. So they look like an old timey, like Star Wars force ghost. Like just like a weird aura around them that shows they're frozen. Right. And I love how Mr. Freeze is telling him he's going to shoot the shoot the freeze gun at them. He keeps quivering and shaking, like just to, just to emphasize he's a cold old man. Well, and he wants to kill them, but not yet. But he does, but he doesn't. So he's like he's got like some internal struggle there, which is uh, reflected nicely in the acting choices. The internal struggle called. There's another episode to go in this story. Say so that brings us to the end of the episode. In our cliffhanger text, has Batman struck out? Is Robin cool for good? Can no one save our noble pair of human popsicles? Answers tomorrow night, same time, same channel. But uh, one word didn't... of warning by watching, you too can lose your cool. 
So one, I think it's cute they think Robin was ever cool. And two, <laughs> they assume that you who were watching this, unless you're a kid who's just deluded about it, if you're watching this and you're an adult and you're like, this is fine entertainment, you do not qualify for the word cool. Well, and uh, by lose, you're cool. Like, I wonder if they think, like, you're going to get so worked up, like, you're going to, you know, put the gum under your couch again and, like, start punching the air and throwing kicks like you're just so <laughs> emotionally invested in this plot. I like to imagine that director Robert Butler was like, the audience is going to have literal strokes tomorrow night, folks. <laughs> thought it was interesting they didn't go back to bat time and bat channel i don't know where that was left off this episode yeah i noticed that too um i assume they'll start doing that because there's a ton of episodes per season there's like 30 episodes in one season so they have plenty of time to establish that but it also made me wonder is that one of those things where they just said it once because they got it wrong and then it just caught on I, I mean i remember hearing it a lot more than that but maybe i don't know Wes will have to watch yeah, it and but... see, and you'll have to listen to find out. Uh, yeah. Did we miss anything? Checking over. Oh, during the fight, uh, we had pow, crash, thwap, biff, and another pow. So it's like a uh, crash thwap biff sandwich with pow bread. Yeah, pow brand bread from Amalgamated Food Co. <laughs> I just didn't want to leave that out because one of our six listeners might like might be their favorite part of the episode where we break down the on-screen word sound effect comic bubbles. Right? Like their wife is like, honey, come look, our baby's walking. And the guy's <laughs> like, quiet woman, I have to hear what sound effects for this episode of Batman. <laughs> I hope so. It's our most loyal listener. I like that guy. Yeah, he's a danger to us all. <laughs> We'll call him Robin. Yes. His name is Burt <laughs> Ward. Okay, so that's this episode of Surf Kings of Gotham. Uh, this was Instant Freeze. And wherever you find your podcast, same podcast time, same podcast catcher, we'll be looking at, what was the other one called? Rats Like Cheese. Rats Season Like Season 1, cheese. Episode 8, Rats Like Cheese. Yeah, that would be a good one. Yeah, as always, follow us on Facebook at Surf Kings of Gotham. Surf King of Gotham. Surf King of Gotham. <laughs>